You are listening to Joe Radio. Radio. Listen, advertise, share. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you will be in our hearts and minds as we open your word today and contemplate these words that seem to be in contradiction to each other, that uh, have a improper balance. Help us, Lord, to see the balance in our lives as we respond to your teaching and your love. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we've got some really interesting words here in this morning's scripture lesson to be contemplating. And to start off with, I have a question for you. If I were to ask you, what is your philosophy of life? Would you be able to tell me? Would you be able to give me the life philosophy, those beliefs that you operate out of your, in your interaction with the world day by day? Because our philosophy of life comes out of the way that we live our day-to-day existence. Most of us don't think of it as a mindset, but it is because the attitudes that we wake up with in the morning and how we treat other people all day long, how we approach a new situation, the things we spend our time and our energy and our money on are worth thinking about in our hearts and in our minds. So this morning I want us to talk about that for a little bit and examine out of our life philosophy how we create the legacy that we leave behind in this world. I like to... Uh, make it a little bit of an analogy like a GPS. Now, we all have GPSs either on our telephones now or uh, in our car or something that you take and you have to, in our case, you still have to take it and plug it in and, and set it and everything. And I've often said that this wonderful, wonderful technological advantage that we have in our modern day society is still very much like getting directions from a blind man. Because it can't see. It doesn't know what's actually there in front of you. You tell it where you want to go. It knows where you are. And it finds the best way to get there. And that's actually very helpful for people like me who are kind of directionally challenged. You know, Sandy used to make fun of me, not this Sandy, Sandy Neal, that uh, I would say, uh, I'd ask her how to get somewhere, and, and she'd tell me, and I said, so what do I do when I get to the end of the driveway? <laughs> well, I can only go one way 
direction now legally, but in those days that wasn't necessarily the case. But a GPS is a great way to give you a direction for your life. I found a, a quippy little saying the other day as I was preparing our message. Uh, it says, somebody stole my GPS. Now my life lacks direction. Many people, oops, this thing's giving me a fit here. <laughs> it jumped really far. Okay. Oh, I'm missing one, huh? Oh, did it jump too? Okay, there we go. Many people have lives that lack direction. That's your first one on your outline there. What, am I getting a double click? Is that? Seems to be, yeah. Okay. Uh, so maybe I, I don't want to lag on my button uh, here. Many people have lives that lack direction. You ever met anybody like that? Maybe you might be like that. That's why we need a dependable philosophy, a GPS, so to speak, for our lives. With a reliable philosophy of life, we can program our life with a set of beliefs, values, and priorities that will guide us to our destination. The best source for that philosophy, of course, for us Christians is Jesus. Because the Bible tells us he is the word of God. Come down from heaven. The word made flesh. And Jesus is Oh, gee, did it do it again? Jesus is God's revelation of the way our lives should be lived. All of Jesus' teaching on life was based on love. That is the important truth that we simply cannot miss in our reading of Scripture. Author John Mason writes, when you base your life on principles, 99% of your decisions are already made. That's right. You think about it. In fact, uh, I would just change that a little bit, which you've already seen on the screen, uh, to... Uh, reflect Jesus' teaching and rephrase that slightly as <laughs> when you base your life on love 99% of your decisions are already made do you see what Jesus is teaching us in this morning's scripture lesson as Ann read it to us today. He's giving us, his listeners, a new picture 
of what their lives should be like. Luke chapter 6, verse 17, you'll note that Jesus was surrounded by a huge crowd. There are all sorts of people there when Jesus was speaking those words from this morning's scripture lesson. This crowd included Jewish citizens and members of the Jewish ruling class, the Pharisees. It also included folks from Tyre and Sidon who were, those were pagan cities that practiced Baal worship. And of course, there were Roman troops who exploited and oppressed the Jews. These folks were standing shoulder to shoulder with their enemies as Jesus spoke those words when he said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. He was introducing those people in that crowd a whole new way of looking at life. This is how things work in the kingdom of God. Jesus was saying to them, all of Jesus' teachings on life is rooted in love. I'm constantly amazed how many Christians miss that very simple truth. There's a reason, of course, and it's written right there in your scripture lesson for today, if you look at it. And that's because they weren't listening to the teaching of Jesus. Verse 27 of this morning's scripture lesson, Jesus opens up this passage by saying, but to you who are listening, love your enemies. Isn't that kind of interesting that he would start by saying, to you who are listening? How many school teachers would like to say that before they get ready to teach something? To you that are listening... Because how many of the kids out there in the class are not? So this preacher standing up here this morning says, To you who are listening, I want you to hear the word of God. Not everybody is listening. Any day in your life. Not everybody's listening. Have you ever talked to your spouse or maybe to your kids? Uh, they, it doesn't matter how old they are. <laughs> they can be adults when you go to talk to your kids. And they're not listening to what you're saying. We read earlier in chapter 6 of Luke's gospel uh, in verse 7 that the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, were watching Jesus. They wanted to be able to find some way of accusing him for doing something wrong so they could find some foundation to, uh, to uh, take charges up against him. But they weren't listening 
to him. Then we read in verse 19 that lots of people in the crowd were reaching out to touch Jesus because they'd seen the power of his healing going out from him to some other people so they wanted it for themselves. Some of them weren't really listening either. They just wanted him to fix their situation. They're not so difficult, not so different than we are, are they? Some of us come here on Sunday morning and we sit down in the pew and we mark our hymns and our hymnals so we're all ready for things to happen and then we just kind of click off our mind until I say it's okay for you to leave and then you just go on your way. We might be tired. We might be distracted. We might even be angry with someone else. We're not even sure why we're here. It's just something we do. But we need to come and listen. Listen for the Spirit speaking to us through the songs, through God's Word, through even this useless person standing before you. We need to open up to learning something new through God's Spirit. Listening means being open to change. Listening to God means being obedient to God. Oh, there's a word none of us likes. Obedience. We all want to do our own thing. Jesus knew that. It wasn't that different in his day than it is for us today. He knew most people aren't ready to have their life philosophy turned upside down. But to those who are listening, Jesus offers teaching on life. Oop, that time it didn't work. Jesus offers teaching on life that provides not only hope, but salvation as well. Lloyd John Ogilvie uh, once told of a man who was working on a crossword puzzle. Some of you like crossword puzzles. They're fun kind of things to do. So he had a couple of friends there and he said, uh, I need some help here. What's a four-letter word for a strong emotional reaction to difficulty? Anybody got it? Well, one man said Fear. And his other friend said, no, no, it's love. Think about that for a moment. Those two words say so much about what your philosophy of life really is. We either respond with fear or with love to the difficulties that we find in our lives. And Jesus' teaching 
is based on love. Listen again to today's scripture lesson. Jesus says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other one to them also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Then he asks a couple of really powerful questions in today's scripture. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you can expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And it will be given to you. What an amazing passage of Scripture. In this passage, Jesus gives us a beautiful picture of what a life based on love looks like now I can hear what some of you are thinking almost out loud you think well that's impossible we can't live like that people take advantage of you if you live like that it demands too much on us who can love their enemies who can do good to those who hate them who can pray for those who treat them I mean, Jesus could do that, but not me. He certainly didn't did those kinds of things, but we can't do that. Can we love like Jesus loved? The answer is, through the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, we can. Maybe not perfectly, after we all we are not Jesus, but we can do better than what we're doing. We live in a fear-based society, full of anger and hatred and revenge 
it just makes you sick. You watch the news and you go, oh, jeez, doesn't anybody like anybody else anymore? How do we find our way out? I know it sounds very simplistic, but that doesn't make it any less true. Our only hope is the love of Jesus Christ. 1 John 3.14 says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Fear and hate and unforgiveness lead to retaliation, revenge, isolation, even war. They are all one-way streets that lead to spiritual and sometimes actual death. Our ego and our fear and our pride can destroy us. But when we choose love over hate, we are freed from them. It frees us to be a force for life instead of death. William Barclay, uh, in his book, And Jesus Said, tells about a missionary by the name of Mabel Shaw who was working in Africa. And she was teaching the little children in the Bantu region there in Africa. And, and she was teaching her class all about how Jesus, who she called the chief, taught them that they needed to share the love of Christ with other people, just like giving them a drink of cold water. One day, uh, as class had just ended and she was sitting out on the veranda and and the children were kind of playing, a, a group of travelers came walking in down the main road of the little village there and they were all tired and dusty and dirty and they were came from obviously a tribe that was not the Bantu people. In fact, because of the way they wear their hair and the, their appearance with their clothes and stuff, they were actually enemies of the Bantu people. And suddenly, out of the little house where she was sitting on the veranda, this whole long line of all these little primary age children came out of the house wearing water pots on their heads. That's, of course, the way they kind of carry the water in Africa. And they went up to these travelers on the road. They were kind of frightened. They were bad people. They had been told by their parents that they were bad people. But they stopped and they said to these travelers, We are the chief's children and we offer you a drink. 
the astonished travelers stopped right where they were. They looked at the little children and they bowed before them and they said, they took the drink and appreciated and said thank you to them. After the travelers went on their way, the children were all excited and they went running up to Mabel Shaw and they said, we have given thirsty men a drink in the name of the chief. And William Barclay notes that in that moment, the teaching of Christ broke on those children and on Mabel Shaw. He writes and says, In any ordinary village, had these men come in and asked for a drink of water, the response would have been, No, you're not from around here. Get your own water. But the lives of those children were changed by her teaching of God's word from the words of Christ. Folks, you know the situation in our world today. Do you really see any other hope for our world than the love of Christ as it is revealed through God's people? Madeline Lingle writes, Love isn't how you feel. It's what you do. Loving our enemy, doing good to those who hate us, praying for those who speak evil of us, forgiving those who mistreat us, frees us from the downward spiral of hatred in this world. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 reads, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to others, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Get rid of all, not just some, get rid of of it all. Don't hold back any tiny crumb of bitterness or malice. It will grow into rage and anger, even separating separation and death. There's a better way. Show your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, your family, everyone you meet, the love of Jesus. For the love of Jesus can change the world. Joseph Aldridge tells a story about meeting a Christian man from India who had a powerful ministry bringing scores of both Hindu and Muslim students to Christ. What accounts for his effectiveness in reaching members of these radically two different cultures and religious traditions. Each Sunday, he and his wife would host 30 to 50 students for dinner. 
So Aldridge asks, well, uh, so when you feed them, then you, what do you do? You talk about Christ at these meals? To which the man said, no, it is impossible to talk openly of Jesus Christ. So Aldridge then asked, well, how are you able to bring so many of them to Christ? To which the man replied, I love them until they ask me why. Friends, that's it. That's the hope for our world. Jesus knew not everyone was going to listen to his teaching. The kind of love, generosity, and mercy that he expects from his followers. It doesn't make sense. It's risky. It's asking us to give up our pride and our comforts. And yet, it's the most powerful way possible for us to show the world that we belong to Christ. To love them until they ask us why. I pray that you will be able to live out the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. That way, you will reliably represent Christ and make a difference in this world. So I hope you will leave this room today ready to follow Jesus with a new direction for your life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the teaching of Jesus. That indeed it is a dichotomy. The difference between black and white. Light and darkness. Hope and despair. But Lord, you have called us to be Beacons of that light. Heralds of that hope. In a world that would much rather be angry. And upset. And criticizing. You call us to be different. To make a difference in the world. By following the teaching of our Lord Jesus. So as we go into this next week, Lord, open our hearts and minds to serving you in ways that show forth your love to everyone, everywhere. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.